0: Hey there, humanoids, this is David Shoemaker here with a very exciting announcement. Your favorite wrestling podcast feed, The Ringer Wrestling Show, is now going daily. And you can hang out with me and Kaz on Mondays and Thursdays for The Masked Man Show. And
1: you can join me, Peter Rosenberg, alongside stat guy Greg and Dip every Tuesday with Cheap Heat. And on Fridays, I'll welcome a friend or special guest from the world of wrestling. And on
0: Wednesdays, we have a very special new show called Wednesday Worldwide that you're going to want to check out.
1: Pay-per-view reaction, one-of-a-kind interviews, fantasy booking, talking about bagels. That's what we do here on The Ringer Wrestling Show.
0: Follow the show now on Spotify. And do us a favor. Give us five stars.
2: And do us another favor and uh, stay mage. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary.
1: NFL Preview Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Stephen Ruiz and Ben Solek. It is conference championship weekend. We've got two games. Niners are playing the Eagles. Bengals are playing the Chiefs. Solek, Stephen, to state the obvious here to start, the best four teams made it, right? I, it's not. It's not, It's worth not glossing over the fact that these are clearly the best four teams. Are they not, Stephen? Uh,
2: yeah, they are the four best teams. I th- I thought that Buffalo had a chance of being one of those four best teams going into the playoffs, but Between the defense issues and then Josh Allen just kind of, I I don't know. He just hasn't played a sound brand of football over the last month and a half. So it's not surprising that they went out the way that they ended up going out.
0: Yeah, I I definitely think as of Sunday morning when the Jags have been eliminated and the Giants have been eliminated, we definitely have the best six left. And then, yeah, I think Cowboys and, and Bills obviously like now are clearly a step below. I think even at the time. Cowboys were underdogs and the, and the Bills were favored in that game, but that was a tricky one. I think, yeah, I think we got the best four. We certainly have the best possible matchups, right? Eagles Niners has been a game that I feel like everybody in the NFC, like NFL wide, has wanted to see these two teams play. They haven't played yet this year, right? You've said so many mat- rematches in this playoffs and then the Eagles and the Niners haven't played. And then Chiefs uh, Bengals. Where it's like, hey, yeah, Mahomes, the Chiefs, they don't lose, they're so good, they're the the cr- cream of the crop, they're the team to be in the AFC, and oh wait, the Bengals have beaten them three times, and now we get number four, and like that's that's the thing, the matchup that a lot of people wanted, and so I'm uh, I'm over the moon with this conference championship weekend.
1: Is it fair to say that I mean I know that Mahomes has this ankle injury, and we'll talk about that, but Bengals Chiefs is kind of a battle. It's in theory, it's the two best quarterbacks in the NFL, and the nine. Eagles- I don't want to cut like you
0: off. I want to ask real quick before we get into games. Can we get a keep pounding check on Steven Ruiz's new head coach, Frank Reich? Why don't don't we save that for the uh, end? Okay, okay, okay.
1: Focus on the conference. No shade to Carolina Panthers or Frank
0: Reich. But how about we check in on that? How dare you?
2: That's the most important thing going on this week.
0: It just happened like five minutes ago. So it's in the forefront of my mind. All right, let's do it.
2: We'll just ignore Heifetz calling someone the second best quarterback in the NFL. And we won't debate that either. Continue.
1: You don't think Burrow and Mahomes are top two? Is that not fair to say?
2: Uh, no. Is that like a given? What is that based on? Just general vibes. I think that's the only way you could you could justify that, in my opinion. I don't know. But I, I you know I'm a, in, I'm you in have, the you minority. Have
0: Mahomes, I just checked your QB rankings. You have Mahomes 1 and Burrow 3 right now. So it's so how, I, I, To be clear, I'm not saying in order. I'm saying the
1: top two quarterbacks in the NFL, if you ask most people, they'd say Mahomes and Burrow are 1 and 2, and they're facing each other. That's all I'm saying. You think that, who do you have second again in your rankings? Herbert,
2: Justin Herbert, of course. I still All think right, well, Allen's ahead lover, of him. So. I, I still think Allen's ahead of him. The rankings are based on recent form, in part. Josh Al- <laughs> Allen with an elbow injury okay. is the third best quarterback in the NFL.
0: Right. The most important thing with Burrow, I think, so I just wrote about Burrow this week, is, is this. And, like, we'll use Stephen's quarterback rankings. It's just, like, a good proxy for where we've been on guys. Burrow uh, bottomed out for Stephen week three, week four, week five, at, like, 10, 11, and 10. Right? Like, this, like... Burrow's beginning of the season was extremely poor. And it was the first few weeks. So it's not like, you know, at the time we were probably overreacting, but you're trying not to overreact early doors, but it was very poor. He took over double digit sack percentage uh, in his first two weeks of the season. Uh, He was throwing the football down the field aggressively into tight windows. Uh, They weren't finding a, a success rate, right? They were a very heavily volatile offense. And a lot of it was the stuff that we expected coming off of last year where the explosive pass rate was inherently going to go down, not because Jamar Chase was any worse or T. Higgins was any worse or Joe Burrow was any worse, but just because it's really hard to complete as many passes 20 yards down the field as the Bengals did last year. You just can't always do that, right? That's statistical regression. That's just returning to the mean because it's hard to be an outlier year over year over year over year over year. So some of that was regression coming down, uh, but some of that was also uh, Burrow's play style, right? Like Burrow was just inviting pressure and inviting sack. We always say sacks are a quarterback stat because all, like, if a quarterback wants to avoid sacks by throwing the football away, by checking down quickly, he can. He's choosing to hold on the football and turn pressures into a sack. Well, and then so
1: like you talked, last time we talked about the Bengals in depth, like, a, like a month or so ago, you were talking about how quarterbacks can kind of be in one of three buckets. It's basically you can hunt for big plays and take a lot of sacks you can throw a lot of you can basically have a lot of sacks, a lot of picks or probably check or it a, lot a lot of
0: throwaways slash a low yards per attempt. Yeah, because you have three.
1: to pick one of those three things yep. and quarterbacks self sort themselves into those buckets based on their style. And Burrow is yeah. like, I'll take sacks, but not turn it over in exchange for big plays.
0: Right. And he was pretty adamant. Like in the, in the offseason, he was talking about, like, I take a lot of sacks, but they're on third down. Who cares? He was like, yeah, this is the way I want to play. And then to the start of this year, it was really to his team's detriment. It was a problem. And there was other stuff going on, right? They fixed the running game and like, all oh, this is holistic. But if we're just zeroing in on Burrow, Burrow, like very clearly in terms of like how his numbers have played out and how the film played out, made a decision to take fewer sacks, throw the ball quicker. And when he was throwing it in the quick game, be more willing to throw it underneath instead of in the quick game, just throwing a nine route, throwing a jump ball to T Higgins, more willing to say, you know, what? I'm going to throw this, this curl route to Hayden Hurst. I'm going to throw the swing route to Joe Mixon. I'm going to take some of these underneath routes that I was eschewing, that I was avoiding last year. That, what I, what I just said, took like two sentences and sounds simple. It is really not. It's actually really hard to do. I know it's hard to do because Josh Allen made the same decision to start this season and couldn't sustain it for a whole year, right? He struggled, struggled to keep that play style as, as Stephen and I've been talking about. Not like Ken Dorsey's not calling the plays. Josh doesn't want to take him. This is not how he's coded to play. It's not in his DNA. It's not in his blood. And for Burrow to to be as successful as he was, he took a four seed to the the Super Bowl, right? Like they they were postseason successful. For him to be as successful as he was last year and then come back this year and change his play style. And now like they're not, as explosive. They don't throw as much down the field. They don't have as high of a net yards per attempt. They're a little bit lower in expected points, but there are so much more balanced offense. They're so much more regular offense that can beat a variety of coverages in a variety of ways. Burrow has improved dramatically from last year into this year. And last year he was in the Super Bowl. And that yeah. to me is, is a huge testament to how good of a young quarterback he's become.
1: I want to get into that. So this game, so this is the, the second game on Sunday, but I want to get into it first. So the Bengals, They're at the Kansas City Chiefs. We're skipping that whole thing of whether the game should have been neutral site, whatever. It's at the Kansas City. That's where it is. So this is obviously a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game. Bengals won that. But I'm sticking with the Bengals side of the ball here. And as like you were saying, Burroughs improvement. The game last week, Tony Romo kept saying... Burrow's like Peyton Manning. He's changing checks at the line. And basically, my interpretation of what that meant was Burrow's getting to the line, not like Russell Wilson does with three seconds left and running to snap it, but Burrow's taking the Bengals to the line with like 25 seconds on the play clock and then diagnosing the defense and changing the plays and doing the Peyton Manning stuff. Steven, you've been tracking quarterbacks all year. Is that like fair to say? Do you actually think that Roma's right when he says Burrow's doing the Peyton Manning stuff? And if so, what does that even mean?
2: Yeah, I do think it's fair to say. I don't think it was fair to say last week, though, because I don't think he did much of it. I I just don't think he had to do much of it because the the Bengals plan was so good and Buffalo's plan was so bad. But like the week before, he was certainly he was doing like every every play. Chris Collinsworth had pointed it out. But yeah, throughout the season, he has been very active before the snap. I think he's gotten better at it, too. Because last year you could have said the same thing about it. He was he was very active before the snap then, but I I thought he missed some protection calls sometimes. Can I also ask you wait what that
1: means real quick? Because I think everyone who watches football has seen at some point a quarterback last few years. They basically do the thing where they call two plays in the huddle, and then the quarterback runs up and they and they're there. And if they don't like the first play, he's like kill kill kill, and they go to the second play.
2: I'm not even I'm not necessarily talking about even that because like even that's what I'm
1: wondering. I think everyone knows that they do that. So what does Burrow do on top of that? Like what other than just that level is Burrow doing as like a Peyton Manning thing? Like, what does that mean?
2: Well, I think he actually has like control over the routes the receivers run and he yep. he calls the protection. So if like he sees something is up before the snap, he sees a blitz is coming. He sees a corner, a nickel corner is coming. He could slide the protection. Not every quarterback does that. Some teams have the center do it. Some I mean, some quarterbacks are do it, but not as often as maybe they should. Burrow is very active in that regard. He's very vigilant before the snap. I thought last year it was kind of easier to fool him. This year, you've seen him sharpen it up a little bit. But against like the top coordinators, they still get him every now and again. Like against yeah. the Ravens, he made a lot of changes at the call, at the line, but not a lot of those changes like worked out for the better. Yeah, so well, like he caught he made right. the changes, but they weren't really because a lot of
0: it is. Like when Burrow walks to the line, it's, you know, okay, I've got, you know, this concept to the play side, and I like it against single high, but if it's going to be too high, then I want to change this route to a seam, then I can just hit the seam. Okay, so I'm going to walk out, I'm going to take a look at this, and okay, this is the change I want to make, so I'm going to make the change. Like, Burrow's going to look at X, and if X, he's going to change to Y. Well, over time, you watch enough film as a defense on Burrow, and you say, oh, whenever he sees X, he changes to Y. So let's show him X, and then we know he'll change to Y. And then let's run Z, right? And that's how the chess match goes, right? Is when you talk about like, if you can talk about keying in on tendency, if you can figure out what Burrow wants to change to, you can figure out what he likes, right? Like the, the 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 typical stimuli he responds to, you can show him that or not show him that and try to manipulate what he does at the line. This is, like we say, it's always part of the chess match. Uh, the thing that Steven said that's really important in regards to Burrow is uh, the way that I think that he changes routes and critically, the way that like, he, Jamar, and, and, and T, and even Tyler Boyd are always like really on the same page. They, are, they, they have great chemistry, right? I mean, chemistry gets thrown around that word. You know, like a quarterback, like Dak Prescott throws to CeeDee Lamb a lot. It's like, oh, they got great chemistry. Well, not really. Like, he just is not going to throw it to anybody else. It's CeeDee Lamb and the rest of the Cowboys receivers suck. Like, you know, that's like kind of chemistry, but not really. It's also like, this is what you got to do.
1: Devonte and the Aaron Rodgers were like the, the peak of this, I think. And yeah. then Devontae yeah. getting traded and it's like Chase is almost overtaking. That like, with
2: yeah, yeah. That's definitely yeah. like speaking of Peyton Manning, and Payne Manny and like Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne, like yeah. he, similar setup. And I think that's why it's easy yeah. to draw that comparison.
0: And part of it is pre-snap, right? Like, hey, like, you know, we talked in the hot, you know, in meetings on Thursday If this corner walked up against this route this is how we were going to run it. And then like, oh, the corner walks up. He's impressed against this route. So I send you a look, you send me a look, and that's all we need. We're good. But some of it is live. Some of it's in snap, right? Like, and, and Brian Callahan, the offensive coordinator, gave this quote to Kevin when Kevin, wrote, uh, Kevin Clark for us wrote about them in August where, where Callahan was like, the thing that Burrow does that's like his superpower, he's like, he can't make the throws Mahomes makes, can't make the throws that Rodgers makes. What he does is he just understands in, in that flash of a moment, that briefest of seconds, where that corner shoulders are, where his hips are, where his feet are, where he's moving, what direction he's moving. If he's in control, if he's not in control and he can figure out what throw he needs to make. Should it be over the top? Should it be back shoulder? Should it be a little bit off? Like he just, he, he has this, this sense. Callahan called it a perception, right? He just feels it and gets it and knows it. And that's just the best way to describe it. I wish I had a, a long, beautiful examples and metaphors. It's just getting it.
1: Well, actually, I think I actually have an idea. So basically, you know that there's a saying, I forget who said it, Parcells, somewhat about Brett Favre, but the point was of quarterbacking. Every NFL quarterback, I don't know, 30, 40 yards away, needs to be able to throw a football through a doorway. Like everyone can do that. The good quarterbacks can hit the knob and the elite quarterbacks can hit the keyhole. And there's, but there's also like a mental version of that, of like every NFL quarterback can kind of diagnose what they were supposed to do at play by Monday morning and, more of them should be able to look at, the, you know, diagnose it when they get back to the sideline, watching it once what they should have done. Great ones can probably do it like in a second or two, maybe late. And Burrow's got that elite, like he can hit the keyhole. But mentally, it's like instantaneous. It's like quicker mm-hmm. than Kirk Cousins. It's quicker. It's like he's processing at the highest level, like Brady-esque.
2: Yeah, I think with him, there's no like latency when it comes to reading the cornerbacks or the the coverage defenders leverage, like Solak is talking about, and knowing His where Wi-Fi to put the ball and elite. reacting to yeah, no, he's on a wired connection. Ethernet, it, it's baby. not wired. Yeah, Wi-Fi. It's Ethernet. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, exactly that's good. wired. It's in. like, like, other co- I'm trying to think of some other, like, top quarterbacks that are Herbert. relatively good. That, like, that's what but,
1: you like about Herbert, right? Yeah, right. The Herbert, throws, I would say Ethernet. Herbert
2: and Mahomes are the other guys that are in that class that do that as well. Like, Josh Allen, for instance. Josh Allen isn't even on Wi Fi. Josh Allen might be on, like, dial up at this still, mm-hmm. even at this point, but it just doesn't matter because he's so good and he, his arm is so strong that he can get away with being late on things. But I, I do think that's Burrow's superpower. And that's what makes him able to compete with some of these other quarterbacks that he doesn't have the, the same physical talents as. And the one thing is the Bills last week, they didn't do that second part that Solak was talking about, where you do Z. They lined up in X, so Joe Burrow uh, checked to Y, and then they they just ran X anyway. Yeah. When you go back the week before that, the Ravens did a really good job of changing to that Z plan, that, that second plan, showing uh, Burrow one look pre-snap, taking it away post-snap. That's what the Chiefs have to do. And the Chiefs and haven't then, yeah. done a good job of doing that, and they did not do a good job of doing that in the first game, and Burrow picked them apart.
0: Right, but I would say that over the course of his playoff career, Spags has shown that he's good at at, at this, right? Spags' yeah. defenses just flick a switch in January, man. Like I don't even know. I don't know I'm what it a Giants it is.
1: fan. You don't got to tell me.
0: Yeah, right. I, I won, think at this point, it's
1: just... 18-0 Patriots because of Steve yeah. Spagnolo.
0: It's death, taxes, and Spag's defense in January, man. Like it's just an, it's a little bit it's inevitable. It's all last week. Yeah. Uh, the interesting thing will be is that like you can do as much disguise as you want. You can do as many this, that, and the others and rotate this player and send that player from depth. At some point somewhere, you're going to have to play man coverage. And the Chiefs have actually played a lot of man coverage this year. And they've pressed up at the line this year. And I think that's well and dandy. I don't know how much I like it this week. And so this little bit becomes whack a mole. It's how quickly can Burrow find where there's man coverage? And which particular matchup is he getting? Like LeJarius Sneed, T. Higgins, Jalen Watson, Jamar Chase. Like the Bengals have a lot of man to man, one on one advantages against the Chiefs secondary. And I think that you know, SPACs can only take this so far. But eventually someone's got a man up somewhere and if Burrow sniffs it out, this is a great day for 50-50 balls. Because the, the Chiefs' corner room has over uh, achieved relative to what I expected, but I don't know if they, they've got what it takes to hang with the Cincinnati receiver room.
1: So flipping it to the other side here. So Mahomes, as everyone who watched the game saw, he has a high ankle sprain. I mean, he was... Hobbling does it wasn't even hobbling. He was hopping. Like he handed off at least three times, literally hopping to his running back. So I don't think he'll be quite that injured in this game, but it's not like he's gonna be, you know, super mobile. It almost felt like he was watching a preview of what it'll be like when he's like 40 years old and he has the instincts, but he can't move anymore. So I'm curious how that impacts it since he's been so bad against the Bengals. Like the Bengals Mahomes, a third of the losses that Mahomes and the Chiefs have the last two seasons are just to Cincinnati. Like three of their nine losses. And if I know you guys love your beloved expected points added per play, Mahomes' EPA per play is half of against the Bengals of what it is versus every other team. Half. So, but at the same time, the Bengals aren't sacking Mahomes more than any other team. They're not hitting him more. They're not making him turn the ball over more than any other team. And so obviously they broke his brain at the end of the championship game, but it's not obvious. It's not like when the Giants and Spagnolo beat the Patriots, it's they kicked the shit out of Tom Brady and he, you know, and it hurt. It's like, they're not doing that stuff. So Steven, like, what are the Bengals doing on defense to Mahomes?
2: And then how did the Chiefs have a chance if
1: Mahomes isn't even able to move in the pocket?
2: Well, one thing I, I think the, the fact that the Bengals own, Mahomes, like it's a little overblown. I think it's like relegated to one half. Like even in the game earlier this year, Mahomes averaged 0.33 EPA per play, which is one of the best totals of the season. It was that second half in the the championship game that is really doing a lot of that damage because Mahomes had some turnovers in some really bad spots. He had the pick in overtime. He had the the pick on the uh the screen play that set up a short field for Cincinnati. So I, I really think it's just a collection of bad plays and that. In that first game this year, we saw that the Chiefs had some answers for what Anaruma was throwing at them. Like, they did all the stuff they did. Big Lou, your beloved defensive coordinator. Yeah, my beloved Big Lou. I like
0: how we, Stephen, you said his actual name, and Danny clarified with the fake made-up nickname (laughs) we've given him.
1: Well, I wanted to clarify he's the defensive coordinator for the Bengals was my main yes point of yes,
0: clarification yeah i'm just laughing because i just did a i just did a video on on lou and a remote and i had to practice saying his name correctly so many times and i said it right the whole time the entire show and i'd have to say big lou like once so i was really proud of myself for
1: the people who don't know this so literally has a whiteboard behind him and it just literally just says lou the entire whiteboard it just says yeah but lou. it
0: doesn't just say lou it's it's a,
2: it's a big, big lou. lou.
0: it is a big Lou. there we go we got it
2: uh but yeah, I thought the Chiefs had answers in that first game. The, what was it? Week 15, week 13, I think. Uh, but Mahomes. It was week dis- 14. D- oh, that's cool. <laughs> despite. <laughs> despite the fact. Did he just
1: say 14 or 13, whatever? And then you were like, 14, idiot. No, he I said, said 13, 13 or 15. 15.
2: Oh,
1: 13, 15? Yeah, yeah.
2: one of them. No, you're, you're the one that just tried to jump in and, and criticize for someone for being right. Uh, but. Mahomes didn't have the best game, despite his it like production. He there was open throws that he didn't make, or he was late on throws, or he made some bad decisions. In my opinion, like, and I'm saying relatively speaking, like, it's Patrick Mahomes. He has a higher standard than most quarterbacks. But I, I think there was some meat he left on the bone, and I think this time around, I'm not like so scared of this matchup. The only way that I would be scared of this matchup if I'm Kansas City is if Mahomes is truly limited. With his ankle
1: well but he but he is the first drive the Chiefs had against Jacksonville and I, I think actually all the teams that are left this weekend their first drive was incredible but the first drive the Kansas City had was like it was like a fire-breathing dragon and then after that like Mahomes, he can't well I don't I'm not convinced he can like run in this game I'm sure he'll have ungodly drugs like you know coursing through his veins for this game so maybe I don't know maybe it's just a pain tolerance thing but High ankles are bad because, you know, you can't be explosive. And so much of what makes Mahomes Mahomes, so like we were talking about this on the NFL Draft Show, Shameless plug for the fantasy football feed and the NFL draft show where you got BOGO quarterbacks like buy one, get one free. You've got the play design. And then when it doesn't, if it doesn't work, then Mahomes just goes and creates a second play. But if he can't do that, then the Chiefs are just stuck to their one play where they're merely really good instead of like this epic offense. We've gotten used to watching.
2: But yeah, if he's limping around like he did against Jacksonville, sure. But I mean, he seems to be moving around in the clips we've seen in practice when he's been walking around at the press conference. I feel like this is an he just did mis- a
0: spin. There's a video of him on the timeline spinning. So if he, he can spin, spin, I mean, we're. If he can, if he I don't want to downplay a high.
1: It's a high ankle, and it's on his plant foot. Like every time he went to hand the ball off, it looked like he
2: was. I don't you're know. You're dealing like with old information, though. You're you're bringing up old stuff. Oh, that's, that's Sunday. That's it's Sunday. Fine. He's doing spins. Did you hear? I'm it's in so the now doing brother. spins. Look, I don't like but to compare I like...
1: myself to NFL players, but I have sprained my ankle a lot, and I'm a bitch, and it hurt. <laughs>
2: But you're not Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if you realize this. You're not Patrick Mahomes. I, yeah. But I I did like you're saying that Mahomes is this uh, buy one get one quarterback and that if he can't move then he doesn't have that that ability to create like a second play. I disagree. I think he's evolved this year to the point where he doesn't need to move to find a second option or a third option or even a fourth option. He's finding those options within the pocket, within the structure of the offense when even when that's taken away that's when he I think he goes to his mobility I'm not sure he's gonna have to do that in this game I'm not sure the, the the Bengals are gonna force him to do that I don't think Lou Anarumo is gonna base his entire game plan which has been really effective against a healthy Mahomes based on the fact that he might be limited by the ankle so do you agree because this line has moved a lot and I know you're
1: a lot more of a gambler than yeah. Steven. But this Bengals line Chiefs line's been everywhere. It was like Yeah. So the Chiefs, Chiefs opened
0: around two point favorites. The line got as far as the Chiefs being two and a half point dogs. Uh in some places touched three, which is like a very key number, right? As a field goal. So about a five-point movement. And then over the last twenty-five hours it's moved back. So the Chiefs are now favorites again, and now the favorites by one, which is just and to be
1: clear, like if you're not a gambler. That's not normal. I actually can't remember a game quite like this where it has t- right. tilted back and forth. But based on what Steven's saying, I'm surprised. So do you agree with Steven that Mahomes and the ankle are like overrated? I'm actually surprised to
0: hear that from him. I think that I do think the concern about Mahomes' ankle is overrated. I think this Wow. Not because uh I not because I think Mahomes scrambling ability doesn't matter. It absolutely does matter. I a lot of scrambling ability is about like pocket sense right like the mental and the visual aspect of where is their space and then also risk management just like understanding timing uh, you know uh knowing whether or not it's worth it throwing the check down or going out like uh i'll put it to you this way like there are very good scramblers in the league who are not very athletic right not in the sense that they like rip off josh allen runs and they're stiff arming guys but in the sense that they you know have a really good feel for the pocket they know how to climb up they know how to get to a little bit of room and and they get a little bit of room and it gives them time to make a throw down the field. Joe right? Burrow.
1: Like, and well, Joe to Burrow. your point, Mahomes is not not athletic, but he's like a bad scrambler. But among the good scramblers, Mahomes is the least athletic looking scrambler of all time. Like he has so many playoff moments like against mm-hmm. the Titans, the Texans. He had a big comeback. He has always like some defining scramble that changes the game. He never looks like he's going full speed. He's like the most awkward. He looks like he's like drunk running and he just like he's somehow yeah. like, he that's never looks he doesn't like have to, running the ball
2: he does he's like his 40 time is whatever it has to be it's four point one plus one over whoever's chasing him you that's mean yeah. minus, one under, but exactly. minus one whatever I don't know, you know how it's time like
1: works. it's kind of like you ever play like a racing game video game and you kid, like need for speed or something and they, the cops it's like rubber band it's like if you're going 40 miles an hour the cops will go 38 and if you're going 120 the cops are going 150 that's the defenders Patrick Mahomes yeah. is going like a uh,
0: I don't know. Doesn't matter. Mahomes is at all times just kind of scooting, just kind of slipping around, just just scooting and just just you know sneaking across the field. uh Justice Muscato of Acme Packing Company very famously and very accurately said, "Mahomes runs like he has. He's holding a beer. He's trying not to spill. Right? He yeah, just kind of yes. got that like whoa, like thing, yes. you know, sort of sort of a, a, a slippery athleticism to him." But the 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 point here is not Patrick Mahomes running comparisons. The point is that in the uh, the most recent game he played against the Bengals, uh, um he i want to say scrambled or ran two times for four yards one of them was a touchdown it was like a you know it's a fourth down like dive for the, for the end line right it was the statue of liberty and the ball almost got knocked out of his hands before he crossed the end line but it wasn't like I he like think. was tucking and running a lot the Bengals play mahomes with a ton of zone eyes zone and uh, 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 second level players who are looking at him and and a testament to lou and arumo is that they'll play him that way in zone and then also when they're like running other coverages, they'll make sure they have a way to get somebody with eyes on them, right? And th- when they run their drop eight stuff and they're only rushing three, that's one of the most beneficial aspects of drop eight. You have an extra body to kind of like cheat and do some weird stuff. And one of the things that they'll make sure they have is just a guy in the middle of the field who's looking at him. Like even if he's got coverage responsibilities, his eyes are not gonna leave the pocket. Some of that might change, right? Some of, some of the, okay, we need to have eyes on him to see if he leaves the pocket, we're ready for it and kind of what happens off that. So some of that might change and I'll give you that. But altogether, Mahomes is going to be able to buy the extra second, second and a half that he needs in the pocket, because even if it hurts, he's got to be able to explode off of the foot and just relocate his legs, right? Just change his throwing platform. He's going to be able to do that. I also think that if he's a little bit limited in terms of his running ability, it's more likely that he throws checkdowns earlier, which if the the game plays out the same way it did in week 13, will be hugely to his benefit because there were a number of plays in which Jarek McKinnon was out of the backfield right now. Travis Kelsey, Noah Gray, they were out of the block right now. And the Bengals were playing with zone droppers. So the the shallowest defenders are eight, nine yards past the line of scrimmage. And Mahomes has a back that's just turning around waiting for the ball. And don't get me wrong, there's no quarterback in the league who is more justified when he looks at a back who's wide open on a second and nine and goes, nah, I'm going to throw 40 yards down the field. That's totally cool. But it will be to Mahomes' benefit if one of the coaching points this week for Andy Reid and for this offense is, hey, like, we got to be a little bit more stay ahead of the sixty today. We got to be a little bit more. If we're got a five yard check down, feel free to take it. If Mahomes does that and does that quickly, and the Bengals continue to try to play him in zone. It's going to be a big Jarek McKinnon day. It's going to be a big, you know, uh, Kadarius Tony and Michael Harmon in the swings day. And the chief's offense is going to be able to walk down the field doing that.
2: I would say that's the key on both sides of the ball. Like, who controls the checkdowns? Does Mahomes throw the checkdowns? We know Burrow's going to throw them. He's been throwing them all year. That's that's what we've been talking about, his, his evolution, his maturation. The Chiefs have to figure out how to prevent him from getting production out of his backs because that's what happened in the first game. There was like two third-down conversions by P. Ryan. They should have tackled them before the line of scrimmage, but they couldn't. And then there was like a, a slip screen or a wide receiver screen by Jamar Chase. They have to be able to tackle, they have to be able to defend the flats and control those plays because, like we said, there's going to be problems when they go one on one on the outside and they have those matchups, the Bengals. So you have to take care of the easy stuff first. I, I say the same thing on the other side. Like Mahomes has to take those, those options. For me, I've been going back and forth all week. I think like part of me wants to pick the Chiefs just because of like the Mahomes lore and it's at Arrowhead. Andy Reid going up, a te- uh, going up against a team he's lost to you three times in a row. But every matchup on paper, it just looks like
0: the Bengals to me. So I'm going to go with the Bengals. Select. So I- Chiefs are going to win it. I think the Chiefs might win it comfortably. Um, I struggle to imagine MVP caliber season of Mahomes, even Gimpy on an ankle and Andy Reid. Losing to a team four times in a row that they have, and Steven's got a good point here, largely outplayed in the games they've played against them. Right. For the majority of the AFC Championship game, the Chiefs played better than the Bengals. The Bengals won that out. They had a great job closing defensively. They were excellent in the second half. In the regular season game, the Chiefs were largely better than the Bengals. Turnovers on the last drives is what gave this game to Cincinnati. Cincinnati's defense in the fourth quarter, and the third and fourth quarter, has been the greatest force of nature against the Chiefs in the past like two years right like this is like they have they have won on that performance that's not reliable to me I don't think that's something that happens in and out I think the Chiefs are the better team uh I think the Mahomes ankle injury also is a is a very nice uh you know we always like to get a good like everybody doubts us sort of a playoff push you know what I'm saying Like we lost this team three times they're feeling cocky everybody thinks we're gonna lose just because Mahomes will beat up they don't know how tough we are like to me there's 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 a good hook there I think the Chiefs are gonna come out and arrowhead and put on a a sight to see, man. I really do. I think they want to beat the team, beat them bad, and I think they will. I wrote a Joe Burrow piece this week and a Lou Anarumo defense video. No Bengals fans are allowed to get mad at me. They're a great team. They can do whatever they
1: want. They can yeah, get they mad at you. It's fine. Uh, they're certainly mad at Steven and I, and that's okay. Uh, I all, yeah, I think I'm, all points heard. I'll take the Bengals. I, I, I am, sure. like,
2: I, I am looking forward to Joe Burrow getting the opportunity to tie Sam Hubbard in his postseason career in fourth quarter touchdowns. That would be nice, you know, in his seventh game, finally getting that first touchdown and, and in the, like the Bengals getting their first touchdown as an, as a offense, as a whole hasn't happened. Can't wait yet. for
1: Joe Burrow to win Super Bowl MVP in a, like a 50 to zero win over the Niners or something. And then like Steven just does a video on like he had Joe Burrow's a
2: fraud. Yeah, but anyway, we're going to go. It's going to actually be a 20 to 17 game where the Bengals defense wins it, but everyone's going to remember it as if it was like a Joe Burrow 50. Cause that's what happened I- last playoffs.
0: If Joe Burrow wins a game 50 to nothing, he's probably sitting for most of the fourth quarter. No fourth quarter touchdowns. The train moves. We'll get Steven
1: a cigar, and we'll just have Steven and Burrow talk cigars and just talk about how he sucks. Okay. If you've been watching the NFL playoffs from the sidelines, there's still time to get in the game with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers bet this Sunday's conference championship games with $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with the promo code RINGERNFL. Vandal has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. This week, Vandal Sportsbook, just give me the two and a half points. Just give me the Eagles. Jalen Hurts laying the two and a half points beat the Niners by a field goal. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose with the promo code RINGERNFL. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports partner of the NFL. 21 plus in select states, first online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire 14 days after receipt restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fandlecom slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, or Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. one 877 0 stop in Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. one 877 8 hope and Wire text hope to four six seven three six nine new York. One eight hundred five two two four seven hundred Wyoming, or visit www. one in West Virginia.
3: This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster
2: This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary.
3: This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and versatile ABC pants are really in a league of their own buy a pair right now at lululemon.com
1: next game here the Niners are at Ben Solak's beloved Philadelphia Eagles go birds first of all before we get to X's and O's Solak I have no interest in this exact moment in your like analytical brain tell me about your emotions coming into this game just as an Eagles fan who grew up, I assume, watching the Eagles lose four consecutive NFC Championship games, but then you just won yeah. a Super Bowl five years ago. Philly is a weird place. You have weird emotions. Like, what, what's going through your, your head and your heart?
0: Uh, Sheil made this remark on the Philly special show. I can't remember a big Eagles game for which Eagles fans as a whole have been more confident they're going to win than this one. Like, wow! everybody's like, yeah, like the Eagles faithful are like, sick. You know, Brock Birdie, beat them by 10 see you in Glendale like that's it's there's a lot a lot of confidence right now in Philly I have feared this Niners team the entire season I'm terrified of them and on Monday I would have told you the Niners are winning this game as I would have said for the past like nine weeks the more I've prepped it I know you said you did not want to hear the analytics the more I've prepped it the more I think Eagles are going to win it I think the Eagles are good in a couple of The very few pressure points the Niners have got, I think the Eagles are really good. So I do think the Eagles win it. I wouldn't call myself confident. This is the best team the Eagles have played all year by a mile. We have to remember the first time they played the Cowboys, they had Cooper Rush. And the second time they played the Cowboys, the Eagles had Gardner Minshew. So even both of those games are like weird. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a enormous, enormous, enormous towering opponent. And like everybody talks about how Brock Purdy hasn't really been here. The Eagles are a very young team. The Eagles, like Nick Sirianni, started a huge party for beating the Giants because what was that? It was his first playoff win. So it's, it's an enormous game.
1: All right. So whether we want to accept it or not, the chiefs Bengals game is for best quarterback in the NFL title. Like whether or not Burrow Mahomes, whoever wins that, like people will generally come out saying that's the best quarterback in the NFL. This game, though, this Eagles-Niners game, I feel like it's the best two rosters in the league. And I, I just feel like, you know, when we look at games, you look at matchups, you're looking for weaknesses. I look at this game, it's just strength on strength, and it's like Eagles O-line, Niners uh, defense, like everything's strength and strength. And then, Steven, like, when you look at these, and you're more objective in this than Solak is, but what are the weaknesses on either of these? What? Solak looks at me. What? I'm saying, please.
0: No, I was, I was messing with you. I was throwing a face you for fun. What are the weaknesses on these teams, Steven?
1: Because
2: it's hard to find them. Uh, I mean, I would say the, re- the weaknesses are relative when, you match, when you're matching up these two teams. like... The 49ers cornerbacks, I don't think, are a weakness week to week. But when you're going up against these receivers, it's a weakness. So I would say on that side of the ball, that's the weakness. On the other side of the ball, the 49ers have a seventh-round rookie at quarterback. And they're going up against one of the best defensive lines and the best pass rushes in the NFL. And they have a quarterback who's inclined to run towards pressure instead of away from pressure. I think the Why does he spin
1: left? It's like Zoolander, where Zoolander couldn't turn left, so he has to go all the way around right. I feel like
2: that's how Brock Purdy rolls left in the pocket. I don't know. I guess I guess that's just his that's his blind side. I usually when quarterbacks spin out, that's the way they spin out. You you physically can't spin out
0: to your right if you're right. But he does it so much.
2: I, I don't know because that he's
0: not comfortable in the pocket. He's a shorter Heifetz, quarterback. Let me ask you this when you play Madden, right? And, and and you're looking down the field and you don't really know what you're supposed to throw and you know the pressure's coming, what do you do? You you button mash, you press A. You hope that he's open. Brock, the second the clock the clock goes off, he goes, might be somebody behind me. I should I better spin. And that's He doesn't hit A.
2: He presses R2 and sprints outside of the pocket. It's true. He does. But that's that's just the nature of like a short quarterback. That's what they do. That's why they they don't like the pocket because they can't see over. I think it gives them a clearer picture, a clearer view. And we've seen when he gets outside of the pocket, that's when most of his better plays come. So I don't think anyone in that building is saying, Brock, stop doing that so much. I I just think maybe don't do it in, in certain situations when someone's open downfield. So to me, that's what the game comes down to is like how the 49ers can can handle those two receivers on the outside. And that that is connected to a bunch of other things, obviously, because you have to take into consideration how they're defending the run inside the box that affects how many safeties they can keep deep. That affects how, what kind of coverages they can play. So I'd say that's the key to that matchup. And then on the other side of the ball, does Brock Purdy avoid a mistake? We've seen him avoid mistakes like in the box score, but he's put the ball in some dangerous areas. In recent weeks, let's do. Let's go in the order that you just said them.
1: So let's stick with when the Eagles have the ball, and you said I'm confident that the uh, Eagles going to win this game. Are you thinking about because AJ Brown and Devontae Smith are just better than the Niners' cornerbacks, and your offensive line can handle Joe uh, Nick Bosa, and you're not that where like I don't know Fred Warner can be on Dallas goddard or whatever. Is that what you're thinking
0: about? Well, you're thinking about nine thousand things, right? Like, uh like that's a question I've got a lot this week. Like. Previewing this game for the Eagles pod, and then like other pods, like what matchups you're looking at. This is these rosters are so star-studded; they are so talented. The answer is all of them, right? Like there isn't a matchup from like Dallas Goddard against Fred Warner, Dallas Goddard against Jimmy Ward, AJ Brown against Charverius Ward, AJ Brown against Jimmy Ward, Devontae Smith against Jimmy Ward, Devontae Smith against Del- Domino Lenore, like. All of those players are all good, have the ability to win or lose games for their teams. So like when it goes matchup stuff, right? Like Bosa against sort of my lot of Bosa against uh, Lane Johnson. It's all of them, right? The There are two things that stand out about the 49ers defense that makes me think the Eagles are going to be able to score points. The first is that they haven't really been tested by a running quarterback this year. Uh, I I do not want to get sounds like PFF'd by Fred Warner, who was asked about how well the Niners perform against the read option. The... A reporter asking cited a PFF stat, and Fred Warner just scoffed and went, Same old PFF, which was just a, it was a tough moment for everybody. But the 49ers have played uh, Justin Fields in week one in the, the rain, in the slop, before they really kind of figured out what they wanted the Chicago offense to be. I mean, he that's 11- also a
1: game where, like, they literally, they, the field was flooding. Like, there yeah, was exactly. like, inches was a of game. water. The
0: game didn't
2: count. It should not have counted. Like, don't even, there's nothing you can learn from it. If it were a high school game, they might have postponed it.
0: I'm really interested in Steven. Like Steven was doing this as well with with like we should scratch Raven's bills from the record when they were trying to figure out the AFC seating. I like this idea of giving Steven the ability to decide some games don't matter in the, in the standings. I think it's it one game a week. Steven gets to nix from the record for reasons he and only he deems appropriate.
1: Yeah,
2: until he
0: cancels
1: I like six so Super
2: Bowls. That's a great idea. Yeah. No, I would have. I would have canceled like, yeah, I would have canceled a couple of Super Bowls. Super uh, Bowl 50. Not didn't count. Panthers had the chance.
0: Not, not interested. Um, so they haven't really been tested by a running quarterback. Right? Fields eleven for twenty eight in the 20, uh, 11 for twenty eight in the game that didn't exist. They didn't play Kyler Murray in either of the games they played against the Cardinals. They haven't played Daniel Jones. They haven't played Lamar Jackson. They haven't played Jalen Hurts. They haven't played Josh Allen. They have played Marcus Mariota, who had six carries for fifty yards and a touchdown against them in a game that the Falcons won. Now the Niners were super banged up defensively in that game, but in general, we just haven't seen this team, which plays almost exclusively with four down defensive linemen and with 4-3 spacing, very, very simple front, just line up and run, face a, like a, a quarterback running team, a team that can add an extra body into the box, that can that can do a high variety of things in the running game because their quarterback can pull the football. It is a challenging thing to deal with. Uh, when you go back to last year, D'Amico Ryans was still the DC, and this this team was largely the same defensive staff. They gave up 100 rushing yards to Justin Fields. They gave up 80 rushing yards to Jalen Hurts. They struggled against the quarterbacks who were involved in the running game. Uh, so I think one, you're going to see the Eagles run the ball with success, uh, incorporating the quarterback in the running game, and also just straight handing the football off between the tackles. The Niners are a light penetration front. The Eagles are an extremely good offensive line. If the Eagles screw around with their like RPO offense, which is very very good, then they're not going to give their offensive line the freedom to just come downhill on double teams and be physical because they have to worry about ineligible man downfield penalties. I expect the Eagles to come out and just call like runs. No RPO and R P R R P R O R whatever Chris Collinsworth called it. Just zone. Zone read. Power power read. Just Steven, are, you are.
1: nodded during that, you agree that the, you think the Eagles just run, not like RPOs just like run the ball
2: downhill? Yeah, and I think we've been seeing that more often. Especially like against the Giants, that's that's mainly been the thing, because that they haven't had to do anything else. So I just Yeah, I, assume I know. I saw the game, Steven. Thanks.
1: <laughs> I watched. For most of it.
0: Right. <laughs> So that's number one that the uh, the Niners defense can struggle with. The second thing that they can struggle with is passes down the field. Uh, it's interesting. The Eagles defense has a very high sack number. And the reason that they do is because they rely on their coverage and their ability to take away routes to buy enough time for a really good defensive line to get after the quarterback. But they play like passively. The Niners, who are also really strong in the defensive line, What they do is they play in coverage aggressively, hoping to take away the early routes, take away the the, the quick checkdowns, blanket stuff such that the pass rush has enough time to get there. So it's like the same flow, but a little bit of differing philosophies. Uh, Accordingly, the Niners, like they play quarters, they play press coverage, and their safeties are coming downhill on stuff and they're banging into routes and they're stepping down on the benders and stepping down on the crossers and just trying to close these windows. You can hit isolation routes on the outside. You can hit one-on-ones against man coverage go balls. and You can hit like big posts and big crossers and and throws down the field. that's what the Eagles are in the passing game. That's what Jalen Hurts absolute unequivocal best quality as a passer is his deep ball accuracy, especially his go ball accuracy. And you saw like CeeDee Lamb be successful on that. DK Metcalf was successful on that. Uh, Jahan Dotson, Terry McLaurin in the regular season, Devontae Adams in the regular season were successful in these deep isolation outside routes. That's where you expect A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith to go up against Traverius, Warren, Diamandor, Lenore, who like Steven said, they're a good group. They're not bad corners. But against A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, they are outclassed. This is a really good receiver duo. You expect them to get their explosives. So the Eagles are in a spot where they can offensively in terms of flow be run, 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 shot. Run, 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 shot. Run run, run shot, which is exactly what they want to be. It's what they what they love to be all season. Just eat clock, eat clock, eat clock, eat clock, boom, play action right on top of your head. It's a really nice game script for them in terms of attacking the Niners' weaknesses.
2: I would I would say this. I would say like I think the 49ers have a chance just because of how well they hold up against or when they're in light like boxes against the run. They're the best team in the NFL. Like by mm-hmm. advanced metrics, yards before contact, uh yards over expectation, all those like advanced fancy metrics say they're really good when they're in a light box. And I think that's just because, because when you power. can handle
1: having fewer people to stop the run, when all those people are really good or being rotated out, right. really
0: when they're free. all, when they're all really really good total physical. Physical. Yeah. They're all not physical. physical. Yeah.
2: Like Drake Greenlaw is just like one of the strongest linebackers in the league. He doesn't miss tackles. Like the, Niners have
0: the
1: best linebacker core in the NFL, like probably pretty big margin. And then their defensive line is
2: maybe I don't know how to describe it, but these are the, probably the two I best defensive it's a, it's lines in the I would say it's a top league. five defensive line at least, right. and then the linebackers. But the Eagles are so beating good. it on,
1: t- on depth. The Niners have the most talent.
2: Yeah, and then and if they're maybe, able to know. do that and hold up with light like boxes and maybe like play more two deep safety coverages, I think that makes it easier to, to handle those deeper routes. The only thing is We've talked about how the 49ers take away the middle of the field, and that's what made them so good. The Eagles are one of the few teams that have been comfortable operating outside of the numbers. And like even going back to last year and the year before, we've talked so much about how Jalen Hurts wasn't targeting the middle of the field. That's because he... doesn't really have to because he throws such a good deep ball. And now they have these two guys on the outside. Well, they had, they had Devontae Smith before, but now they have A.J. Brown who could just bully guys downfield. So I kind of agree with Solak where the weaknesses and the strengths of the, the, strengths of the 49ers don't really match up with the, the weaknesses of the, the Eagles. I think they can exploit some of that stuff and exploit the matchups in ways that other teams just couldn't.
1: Okay, so ugh, I hate this. Solak, like the Eagles fan. is a shit-eating grin. I hate it. But here's the point. I, my takeaway from all this it's very simple. Eagles are going to be able to score points in a way that we're not usually used to seeing from this Niners defense. So question of the weekend. Brock Purdy, man. Do we think Brock Purdy, like, you know, he's undefeated, blah, blah, blah. He's played really well. He's been better than we expected as a seventh rounder. Probably not been as good as people maybe think he is. He didn't look great against that Cowboys defense last week. How do you think Brock Purdy fares against the Eagles' defense?
2: I think he'll be fine because I think Kyle Shanahan will fare very nicely against his defense. But because Kyle, Brock Purdy's job basically is, is he's like
1: an avatar and Kyle yeah. Shanahan's playing video games with a controller through Brock Purdy's brain. And as long as he doesn't audible and just like the game glitches and he just throws a pick then it's
2: yeah every now and then like shanahan's controller gets disconnected and he's like oh shit and then like purdy's just up to his own devices and then that's when you see the the spin outs and the crazy throws and the coverage but i i don't know i think this this is going to allow for a game script this matchup where you can run on the eagles and i think the the 49ers can run on any team and they have so many buttons to push that i think a static defense against a kyle shanahan offense is the worst what do you mean a static
1: defense can you explain that
2: like we were talking about in the last segment about like how you have to play Joe Burr. You have to show him one thing and then change to another thing after the snap. The Eagles don't really do that. They're going to play their branded defense. They're going to try to out execute you. They have the defensive line to do that. They can just play. Like the zone Seahawks coverage. Legion
1: of boom was like, we're not tricking you. We're yeah. just better than you. Yeah, when you it's do this along the time. same
2: lines are like the, the bucks Tampa too. Like all the famous defenses throughout the history of the NFL have had this kind of setup, like a good pass rush and then sound coverage on the back end. And that's really hard to beat. But Kyle Shanahan can beat any defense. He can unlock any defense. And when it's not a moving target, I think it makes it so much easier for him. So I I really think this is going to be a high scoring game.
0: Me too. And it's funny because like most of like, again, I'm like embedded in the Eagles culture. A lot of the expectation there is low scoring game, but I think this is going to be high scoring. Uh, We we talked about how the Niners stop the run from light boxes, right? Incredible defensive line, incredible linebackers. But what goes understated because they don't really like, Two gap and change their front very much. They don't like put a nose tackle out there. There's all four down. Is that inevitably you got to get a secondary player in there? Jimmy Ward or Talano Hufanga has got to come down in the box and be a linebacker. And those guys are, it is unbelievable how quality of run defenders they are in the box in tight spaces. Dude, this
1: Hufanga kid, I kind of thought all the Palomalu comparisons were a little, you know, aesthetic. It's, you know, he's got the hair and it was a little like lazy. And then, like, my God with the way he just ran through one of those Cowboys plays where I feel like he was 20 yards back, just starts sprinting. And then it's like the ball was snapped. If you didn't know how football worked, you'd think that they snapped the ball to let him through. Cause it was so well-timed. And I was like, that is a Palomalu ass thing to do.
2: Yeah. He's, he's Palomalu with like day two athleticism. Whereas Palomalu had day one athleticism. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I think that's the only difference, yeah. but like he's the play style and mentality Palomalu. and toughness and all the stuff that doesn't get you drafted on day one. He has all of that.
0: Yeah. The, uh, the thing, though, with, that's the Niners defensive backs. The Eagles defensive backs are not the same in run defense, right? And so the, the Eagles try to run, like, five-man fronts and nose tackle, Jordan Davis, Limbaugh, Joseph, and they try to game the front that way on rundowns. If they're going to do that, right, they're going to go five down defensive linemen and one linebacker with TJ Edwards and try to leave five defensive backs on the field. If they can't stop the run and it's tough to do that, it's going to be a long 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 day because if you can't stop the run out of that front you got to get a seventh run defending body into the field that's kaiser white i don't know if you all have watched kaiser white linebacker in coverage kyle shanahan has <laughs> kyle shanahan wants to get kaiser white on the field kyle shanahan will do whatever he can to get kaiser white in the field because If kaiser white's on the field the shanahan offense is moving so this is very much a like we talk about like oh, does the run set up the play-action pass, run-pass balance, like all these old coaches, they just throw the ball a ton. This is the sort of game where run-pass dichotomy really, really matters because John Gannon's going to be doing everything he can with that front to not have to put a seventh box player on the field. And Kyle Shannon's going to be doing everything he can in the running game to force John Gannon to put that player on the field. And that's the, that's the rub. That's the whole king caboodle when the Niners have the ball, is can the Eagles stop the run with six defensive linemen and linebackers total, or do they need a seventh? If yes, Eagles are going to be fine. If no, we're in for a barn burner.
2: And, and to Solak's point, like I, earlier I said, the 49ers were the best run defense in a light box. The Eagles, only six teams were worse than the Eagles in a light box. That's a problem well, against a Kyle Shanahan offense, which always forces you to have that extra guy in the box.
1: Here's where my brain just went after all this conversation. So just if I, the only thing I knew about this game was what you two just said. The line in this game in real life is Eagles giving two and a half points. Niners are getting to enough points. But based on just this conversation, I would have guessed that the line was like five or six. And I was thinking about what we're leaving out. And you know, what, what just occurred to me is Solak, the one thing you've, I don't want to say criticize, but if the one fear you've had around Jonathan Gannon running the Eagles defense this season has been a lack of, I don't know, in-game adjustment, a lack of flexibility. And I do think about Kyle Shanahan, fundamentally what he's good at is understanding the def- defenses rules of how they work on everything, and then he's like, "How break those rules?" Like kind of like a speed running in a video game, where people are like, "I'm going to beat this game that's supposed to take thirty hours, and I'm going to beat it in twenty minutes because if I stand in this spot, the game glitches me to the other side of the map." Blah blah blah. And that's like what Shanahan's good at is like the glitches in your system is like a lawyer finding loopholes. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious what you think about Jonathan Gann's defense. I feel like you've been upset with the rigidity of or how s- not changing the rules are. And now Shannon has a week to figure that out. Do you feel like if this game tilts, it's also because the third, the fourth quarter, Gannon's not adjusting to the way Shanahan's, you know, trying to crack the defense?
0: Yeah, a lot of it with Gannon is when he's getting beat around the yard, he doesn't do too much. He's like, well, if we just execute, we'll be all right. And it's like, well, guess what? You are not executing today. Time to figure out something. And that's the thing with, with going up against uh, Shanahan is uh, Kyle's ability to avoid the players that he does not want to deal with right like a lot of like eagles fans have been like oh like jordan davis limbaugh joseph like the eagles are gonna be so good their interior fletcher cox javon hargrave milton williams adam sue against these guards all oh, it's gonna be great if kyle wants to ignore the interior he just can nobody in the league is better at just living on the boundary just living outside the tackles running back screens and tosses and wide receiver screens and tunnel screens rpos if he wants to ignore the interior he can oh james bradbury and, and darius slayer are gonna lock up brandon Ayuk and 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 uh, Debo Samuel. Yeah, nobody's better at finding ways to get those guys the ball not on the outside corners than Kyle is, right? So, like, Gannon's got a lot of stuff in that, and he goes with a lot of talent. But Shanahan, what Shanahan really, really, really does well is find that spot in the middle of the field where you're not comfortable and say, we're just going to ignore everything else, and we're going to hit this from every angle. It's going to be Kittle one time, Debo the next time, Ayuk the third time, it's going to be throwback to Tyler Croft. And then we're going to, you know, run it with Elijah Mitchell, then run it with Christian McCaffrey. Like it's the variety and and the multiplicity is really, really hard to handle. So a a lot of it is uh, if the Niners can run the ball and then Gannon has to make adjustments to deal with that, we've typically seen over the course of his career, Gannon is okay with getting the ball run on him and is unwilling to make adjustments. Now all of a sudden you have the Niners sitting on the football controlling clock, walking down the field. And because the Eagles defense is getting run on, they'll be more susceptible to play action. (sighs) Yeah, it's going to put gray hairs on my head if we get there. Uh,
1: no offense, but I kind of
0: really hope for that.
1: Okay, so are you two you're, You two are both kind of saying the Eagles are going to win here. And if anything, you're also saying you'd lay the points too. Eagles, Absolutely not. I'm
2: picking the 49ers. <laughs> wow, I love it. We talked about three things so far about this game coming down to. Whether the 49ers can run the ball. I have total faith in Kyle Shanahan being able to do that. Whether the 49ers can defend the run in a light box. I know Solak has, has, doesn't feel like they can. I feel like they can. And then the third thing is how do the 49ers hold up on the outside on those deep perimeter passes? That one, I I don't have a lot of faith in the 49ers, but those are like risky propositions. Those are like at at best 50-50 balls. You're throwing downfield like you can't bank on that happening. So for me, it comes down to the two things that I think are more in control against a thing that I think is more volatile. So I'm going to go with the 49ers. And, and really, this matchup reminds me of the Eagles' first loss against Washington. I think Washington is a much, much worse version of this 49ers team. They want to be what this 49ers team is, but they can't because they don't have the talent. And, when, and the 49ers have enough talent to match Philadelphia. So for me, it comes down to coaching. And I'm not betting against Kyle Shanahan and D'Amico Ryans. But
1: at the surface, though, you said volatile versus control. And I will just say, I know you're not talking... Where my mind went when you said that is Brock Purdy, I think, was volatile. And I know last week he didn't play well, but like that week before at the Seahawks, he had four or five passes that could have been picked and weren't. Meanwhile, Jalen Hurts, Sulik said earlier, Hurts' best quality is as a deep passer. With all due respect, wrong. Jalen Hurts' best quality is that his pulse is the exact same when he's sitting in a chair as when he's throwing a deep pass, as when a railing is falling in Washington trying to crush him, as when he's doing his taxes. He has ice in his veins. And so I think of, Hurting is the volatile aspect here. And it hurts as like the absolute, like I would let Jalen Hurts do surgery on me.
2: I, I wouldn't let Jalen Hurts do surgery on me. Like, because it's not the, like the a man my heart, but like, the I man don't know flees if he's from assist? a clean sure. pocket. What do you, I, I don't understand what you're saying. Cause I, I disagree. I think the lack of poise is the, the one thing that you can like quibble with his game right now is that he, he doesn't like to stay in a clean pocket all the time. So I don't know if that I,
0: falls under poise. Like to me, like A pocket like, poise, I think. Well, right, well yeah, if we're like, talking like, about, oh, he's going to yeah.
2: melt down under pressure. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know. But Who knows is if that's poise. Yeah,
0: Hyvis is talking about, right? Like the moment not being too big, not getting overwhelmed, not having that. Yeah, the definition I mean, yeah. It, it
2: it is that it hasn't been too big for Purdy
0: thus far. Like, we could say that he's been
2: uh, unpoised in the pocket, but I, I, you, you can't take it away from him that he has. Not only rose to the occasion, but he's he's taking chances on the big stage with this team that is built to win right now. Like it takes balls to do what he's been doing. Yes,
1: but you know, balls. Sometimes having balls can get you killed. Yes, because you do That's dumb true. shit. So we'll see. All right, so we're gonna put a bet on this. Your Twitter avatars. What do you want to do? I mean, taking Niners, Eagles. Like I'm no, no
0: not. Be- I'm not, not. not. betting on. Yeah, this. you have enough riding. No, on the no, too. not enough w- riding. All right, I I well I
2: I do remember a NFC title game where the Eagles fans might have been more confident, and that was 2003 when they lost to the Panthers.
0: Keep (laughs) pounding, keep pounding,
1: incredible. Okay, cool. Uh, that was really awesome, guys. All right, let's just two things before we get out of here. The Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. Notable mostly because Nathaniel Hackett was the offensive coordinator for Aaron Rodgers when he won the back-to-back MVPs and Aaron Rodgers went and basically was like, I love Nate Hackett. He brings me more joy than anyone I've ever worked with. I would never want him to leave, um, unless I was leaving with him. So like you wrote a great piece that the Broncos basically hired Nate Hackett as the Broncos head coach because they thought they could get Rodgers. For whatever reason, they didn't. They were stuck with Nate Hackett. They fired Nate Hackett. Now he's going to the Jets. We talked about this a couple months ago. I have been red-pilled and I just believe that Rodgers has been going to the Jets for three months. I kind of am more confident now than ever. Do you guys agree with me? Or am I just too deep in the matrix or the jets? Would they be hiring Nate Hackett if it wasn't to get Aaron Rodgers?
2: I mean, yeah, the guy gets work as an OC. That's never been a problem. I think there's some, something to the, the Broncos hiring him to get Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know if that's necessarily the case. He has, he has like experience in the system. I don't think it's like a crazy hire. I, I know we all laughed at Nate Hackett last year, but as an OC, I don't think he can do much harm. So I mean, he helped sure. get. I
1: mean, he turned Blake Bortles into something passable enough to like almost make a Super Bowl, and like it's not like he was the reason they made the Super Bowl, but he was actually beating the Patriots for two and a half,
2: three quarters yeah. in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I, I have no problem with the hire. I, I don't think it necessarily means that Aaron Rodgers is coming though.
0: I think they're trying to get him, and yes. if it works, it's good. If it's not, Hackett's Hackett's a. Would- a fine West Coast offensive coach. It's not debilitating to your team.
1: All right. Well, other hire. Steven, your Panthers hired Frank Reich. Uh he was obvious culture of the Colts. And then Jim Mursay kind of like sabotaged him to get fired. So uh are you would you Frank Reich? I mean, you could have had Jeff Saturday too, like if you'd done this a few months earlier. So
2: No, no. uh no, I'm 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 very happy about it. It's one of the better hires they could have made. I'm very happy about it. I I hope he picks a better defensive coordinator than he has in his past don't want to see gus bradley coming through in, in carolina colors but no he's a good coach he's a good offensive coach and i hope they find him a good young quarterback and he doesn't have to you know keep trying to recycle these 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 retreads that have been bad at other places are old or washed up but uh i think this is good for the future it's a it's a professional coach and the Panthers really haven't had that for the last couple of years. Just get them a quarterback. Go get me Will Levis or give me CJ Stroud, one of those guys, and I'll be very happy.
1: All right. That's all we got. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Solak. Thank you, Steven. Thank you to Isaiah and Eduardo for production help. Thank you to everyone for listening. This is the Ringer NFL Preview Show.